everybody to another of Enhance the UK's Undressing Disability Talks. We've spoken about parenting, we've spoken about sex toys and today I have the lovely Linnea from SH24 with me and we're going to be talking a little bit about sexual health and everything that surrounds that. So hello Linnea, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Thank you so much for having me. Oh you're more than welcome. (laughs) Now you have a seriously cool job with a brilliant organization that's doing very very meaningful work I'm gonna let you introduce yourself and everything that you do because you'll probably do it much better than I could (laughs) great so yeah I work for SH24 which is an online sexual health service we provide a contraception and STI testing and you can order it online and then get sent it to you at home and you get support via phone and text And I'm the art director for SH24, so I'm kind of in charge of the visuals. Um, I used to uh, run the Instagram account, so if you follow that, you probably uh, have seen some of my work on there. Uh, But I'm in charge of the visuals. I've done, for example, the illustrations for the test kits um, and kind of that side of things. Amazing. And I think that's so important in itself, isn't it? Because when we talk about sexual health, it's often seen, well, and rightly so, it's seen as a medical and a clinical thing and something that's very important and very mm-hmm. serious. Yeah. But actually to be able to add a little bit of creativity to yeah. that information and that education, I think is so valuable. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's uh, it's important not to forget that sex is fun and enjoyable and we shouldn't take all of that out from such a sexual health and sex education. Yeah, that's so, so true. So I guess big question to start this episode then. When we're talking about safe sex, mm-hmm. what does that mean exactly? And what, what does it mean to you and to SH24? So... It means, I think when people talk about it, usually people are talking about protection against STIs or protection against pregnancy. But really, I think it's a lot broader than that. I think it's about having the type of sex you want, being able to explore your sexuality, express your sexuality. And, um, you know, it's also communication and consent and kind of having the, the type of sex you want and being able to communicate that. I love that. I love that. So yes, the the safety in terms of our health and our bodies is yeah. so important, but so is the enjoyment and the pleasure that exactly. should be on safe sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've learned a lot from that already. That's brilliant. <laughs> and I know from being a disabled person, and I know from following your Instagram account that there's a lot of conversation around taboos regarding sexuality, sex in general, everything from period sex to sex when you're older to STIs why do you think those taboos exist and what advice would you give to somebody who maybe wanted to talk to their partner about one of these taboos but didn't really know where to start Mm. well I think sex in general has been taboo for a really long time in the west and I think that has its roots in patriarchy I mean It's a way to control female agency and sexuality and kind of that taboo around sex and sexuality at that time. I'm thinking Victorian times, for example, people were very um, focused on control. Everything should be about control and and sex is not control, you know. So that became something really that was um, pushed down. And I think that 
is really something that we still see today. It sort of has shifted and in that certain types of sex are allowed or are okay to talk about, but it's very specific and narrow, like just heterosexual penis and vagina sex between people who are in a certain type of relationship. So I think all of those taboos really stem back to this really kind of sex negative way of thinking. Um, And it has a long history of being influenced um, or influencing also colonialism, for example, and racism and kind of using uh, saying that sex is something that's dirty or uncivilized or bad in some way and using that as a way to control other cultures where sex was not as stigmatized as in the West or not as taboo. And we still see that still uh, as a remnant of colonialism in a lot of cultures around the world. So I think uh, my advice to someone who kind of wants to bring up a subject that's a bit taboo is to remember that almost everyone feels awkward talking about this. It's something that I have felt awkward talking about. It's only because I have to talk about it like five days a week now for a few years that it's I'm totally fine with it. So it's going to be awkward and that's completely okay. It's normal and it's okay to have awkward conversations. And practicing in front of the mirror can be really helpful. Just saying it out loud and seeing, okay, how does that sound? How did I feel? Because then when you go into the situation, okay, you've actually already said it once before and it's going to feel easier. And also just remember that someone might respond in a way, in a negative way, but it's going to be because they have internalized those negative thoughts about sex, not because of what you're saying or what you're doing, you know? So coming in with an understanding that it might not go exactly as you want it, but it's also not your fault if it doesn't go perfectly. Brilliant. Absolutely amazing. And I think especially with kind of my my disability charity head on, mm-hmm. I think that's so valuable to hear those things because you, you've probably heard of our Love Lounge and what we do there, our Q&A yeah. forum and um, a lot of disabled people and, our, and their loved ones write into us with any questions around kind of sex and dating and relationships and one of the most prominent questions we get is around awkwardness of these conversations surrounding sex and how to gain that confidence of having these awkward conversations. And actually a really, really important point that we so often make is it's not just disabled people that have to have these awkward conversations. No. Everybody does. Sex Everyone, yeah. is brilliant and fun and joyful as it can be can also, like you say, be difficult to talk about and have a lot of different nuances and a lot of internalized prejudices surrounding. Yeah, absolutely yeah so moving on then to contraception of course as a disability awareness charity we're all about empowering disabled people but actually keeping them safe as well and you know I would say in general we talk about condoms and we talk about the pill and that's kind of generally what you see in terms of contraception mm-hmm. I was wondering if you could maybe tell us a little bit about different kinds of contraception and maybe how they might be beneficial to certain people watching or listening to this. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, so there's lots of different types of contraception. One kind of group are called LARCs, which stands for Long Acting Reversible Contraceptives. So it's basically contraception that works for a really long time. Now, part of that is IUS, uh, which is the uh, coil, the hormonal coil. 
our IUD, which is the copper coil, and the implant, which is like a little kind of, I don't know if it's plastic, but a little kind of plastic rod that you put in your arm, and then it releases hormones over, I think it lasts three years, that one. So all of these are really long acting, and they can be really good if you know you don't want to be um, be pregnant, and you also don't want to mess around with having to do something every time. And they're also all fitted by a, a healthcare professional. So it can be really good if you're having issues, for example, taking it yourself or using uh, a type of contraception yourself. Um, the IUD, it's the copper coil, that's also doesn't have any hormones. So it can be good for people who, for some reason, are sensitive to hormones or can't, um, can't take certain type of hormones. Uh, other ones that are similar to the pill, so also hormone ones, are the patch, which is basically like a, uh, it's kind of like a plaster that you usually put on your arm and it releases a hormone and you replace it every sort of week, I think it is. Um, that can be quite good if you're not able to, to take the pill, for example, or you can't remember it every, every day or take it at the same time every day. Um, and that has the same type of hormones as some of the pills. So it's also a hormonal contraceptive. Another one is the ring, which um, is like kind of a, uh, I also don't know what it's made of, maybe silicon or plastic, a, a ring that you kind of twist and then insert into your vagina. And then it sits there and releases a hormone and you replace it as well. But you don't have to replace it all the time. Um, there's also the internal and external condom. So you talked about condoms, which is usually what we call the external condom. That's the one you put on the penis. But there's also an internal one, which you just insert into the vagina before sex. So that can be a good alternative for people who maybe find that condoms interrupt sex because the internal condom can be inserted before sex yeah. uh, and before you start, you know, um, getting into the mood or you know that's yeah. going to happen later you can just put it in there and <laughs> you don't have to mess about with it later yeah. and, and there's also no need to have the excuse of oh well I was too in the mood so I forgot exactly yeah <laughs> so but, those are good because they also protect against STI both both external and internal condom which other types of contraception don't do so that's why they're really good amazing wow thank you so I guess you can you can have contraception that is almost as uninvasive as you like and yeah there's, there's a lot to be researched and we, we don't have time to discuss this right now but there's a lot to be researched around different hormones and how they affect mm-hmm. you and things like that but yeah. actually, if, if you are fearful of like you say forgetting to take the pill or having something that maybe you feel is a bit too internal a bit too invasive mm-hmm. There's lots of options there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the of the long-acting ones, both uh, the uh, the IUD and IUS are inserted up into your uterus, which or into your womb, which can feel quite painful for some people. So the implant is a good alternative because it's just in your arm, so you don't have that same um, pain. Maybe that's brilliant. Thank you so yeah. much. Really, really helpful. <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit about. When we think about sexual health, we so often think about physical health and solely our physical health, or we seem to get into a bit of a pattern of of doing that, I feel. I wanted to just talk a little bit about sex and mental health in general Mm. and what SH24 have have done around that, because I know that it's something you guys discuss. And really, again, just any hints and tips for, for people around that as well. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So we've discussed it quite a lot on our Instagram. And I think a lot of people have different experiences around it. Mm. It can be that your mental health affects your sex drive. So that at times of stress, you have maybe a really high stress a sex drive or a really low sex drive. Yeah. Those things are very linked. And um, sex can be a great release for stress and built up tension. I mean, masturbation, for example, a lot of people use that to relieve tension or stress. And it can be really helpful for that. Uh, Orgasming can also help release emotions. You know, sometimes people have an orgasm and they start crying or they start laughing uncontrollably. And it can be kind of like a floodgate where you let out a lot of emotion that maybe you've had trouble accessing. So I think it can be really helpful as a release emotionally um, for people. And Sex and sensuality in general can really help us get in touch with our bodies. So it can be something like just, you know, like touching your arm and really focusing on how does that feel and where do I feel it in my body and kind of getting in touch with what you like personally. So I think like self-exploration, masturbation doesn't even have to be involving genitals. It can just be touching different parts of your body because we have, um, you know, zones all over our body that feels good to us and it's going to be different for different people so that can really be a way to kind of almost like a mindful exercise to kind of get in touch with how you're feeling and what feels good for you yeah I love that that's amazing and one thing that we always say is that we we really really campaign um, and we are doing especially at the moment within different care homes um, for the right for disabled people to have access to their sexual expression and we so often say that sexual expression it can be but it absolutely doesn't have to be sexual it could yeah. be the ability to go out and get your hair or your nails done for me exactly. wearing bright lipstick you know that's kind of my thing that's what makes me feel good yeah. sex expression is is what makes you feel good and what affects the way that you present yourself, I guess, to the outside world or how you feel internally. Um, And I I think everything that you've said there, having that, taking that moment to be mindful, taking that moment for yourself, using it as an element of self-care, it doesn't necessarily have to be a sexual moment to be a sensual and a positive one. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's so important that you're doing this campaigning because it is a human right to be able to access and have the space to explore your sexuality. Absolutely. absolutely. And sensuality. Yeah. And another thing that I know we've we've discussed previously, and I love that you guys kind of really, really campaign for this and make sure that this is really viewed as important as well, is that sex isn't just penetrative either. Yeah. And it, it can Absolutely. be in so many different ways by so many different people who identify in so many different ways. Um, and again, that's something that I feel can be particularly beneficial to disabled people. Yeah, absolutely. I agree because thinking of sex just as penetrative sex is limiting so much of what we could do sexually or how we could experience uh, sex with another person or with several other people, you know. Um, and it's so important that we sort of start to chip away at that and say, okay, no, it's not foreplay than sex. Why is one thing, one thing and the other, the other, you know, like, again, I think that stems from patriarchy, really, this idea that uh, the, the penis is the agent, sex begins yeah. when the penis enters the vagina, you know, rather than actually sex is something between two people who are equal in this relationship. And it's about a give and take, and it's about pleasuring each other. 
and yourself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and and I guess the the last thing that I really wanted to talk about before we kind of discussed social handles and who else you would um, recommend that we follow um, is that I just wanted to really talk about the campaign that we've been working on together and to just explain a little bit, I guess, to anybody watching or uh, listening to this is that for a lot of um, disabled people, there's a massive struggle to access clinics, um, surgeries, anything like that, in order to receive any kind of screening or testing when it comes to their sexual health. It might be that the clinic itself isn't accessible if you've got a physical impairment, or it might even be that actually when you get into the surgery and into the office or the space where you're going to be examined or asked to take a test, that there's just not that kind of inclusive understanding around your own sexual health and your own sexual expression to the extent that you feel quite awkward, not very welcome there, like you're not very well understood and you're not going to receive the treatment or the care that you deserve. So I just wanted to kind of take the time to say that the campaign that we've worked on together is absolutely amazing. It'd be worth us just kind of explaining that to everybody. I know that it's ended now, but explaining that and saying that SH24 is is there for future needs and exactly what you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. So the campaign was for Sexual Health Week last year. Yeah. And we um, we did a campaign called Take One, Give One, where each kit ordered on FETO, we donated one to Enhance the UK for you to give to your, uh, to your readers or supporters. Yeah. Uh, and and FETO, uh, SH24 is sort of the parent company and FETO is a brand which provides the same service, but it's paid for. So it's quite cheap, um, but it's sort of helps us as a company to, uh, first of all, fund the, the NHS work that SH24 does, but also to give people a bit more uh, agency if they want to. So on the SH24 side, you can only order if you're in an area where we provided, where you can only order certain things depending on what that area have decided they want to provide through us, right? So some areas might not have emergency contraception, for, for example, whereas on FETO, you can order however you want and you can decide, I want to test for these things even if those things aren't routinely tested for on the NHS, for example. So it gives the user a bit more freedom and um, it also can help people support the work we do on SH24. Brilliant. And that also really worked because it meant that we could donate kits from there for free. <laughs> we can't do it through SH24 because all of that has to come from the NHS budget of the local council. But in FETO, it's we own it so we can decide, you know, um, how we distribute those kits, which has been really helpful. Yeah, and I think your points that you made about access are so important. And I really think even in online sexual health um, and, and sexual health services, we need to do more to make sure we are accessible to disabled people. And there is such a wide range of needs for people and we have to make sure that you know those needs are met so I think the best thing for us is that we hear from users if someone says actually this doesn't work for us this is why that really helps us to develop the service and make it better for people because the aim is that people should be able to self-manage their sexual health as they want and then we have to make sure that we keep developing our service to be better and better so that more people can use it. 
So absolutely, if you're using SH24 or FETO, you can check on SH24. We have a postcode checker to check if it's available in your area. You can order things like emergency contraception, oral contraception like the pill. Um, you can get an STI test on there. In some areas, you can actually get diagnosed uh, if you have herpes or warts outbreak and get treatment for that. Uh, you can also get chlamydia treatment if you are diagnosed with chlamydia. So quite a lot of stuff can be done online and it can be really helpful to do that from your home, especially if there's trouble accessing your clinic. And if there is something that doesn't work for you or that you have certain um, you know, specific needs that you're not sure they're gonna be met when you order, there's a little comment box you can say there. Actually, you know, maybe drawing blood is gonna be really difficult for me. Is there another way I can get this blood test or um, whatever your need might be? And there's sometimes there's ways we can get around that. Other times, if something didn't work at the end of the journey, there's a feedback section. So you can tell us actually, this didn't work for us. And that's super helpful for us when we develop our service. Good. That's great. And, and I love what you say about giving people the agency and the autonomy to be able to access these tests, you know, if even if it's not necessarily within clinics or surgeries themselves. And just to say from, from our point of view, it's been a real pleasure working with you. You know, we've learned so much and it's been wonderful to be able to really deliver hundreds of, of these testing kits to disabled people themselves and yeah. disabled people to be able to have that autonomy and that agency to be able to do those tests in their own home, in the comfort of their own home, with their own accessible and inclusive environment around them, pop pop the test back in the post and, and there it is all done. And yeah, thank you. Yeah, so exactly. And it's been so great working with you guys too. I mean, I've learned so much and I love what you're doing with the Love Lounge and the Undressing Disability campaign. I think it's so great. That's so kind. Right, so to finish up, last question then. I would love for people to know where they can follow you and see some of your brilliant artwork. I'd love people to know how they can get in touch with SH24 should they have more questions or want to find out more information or educate themselves on any of the issues we've discussed. And I'd love to know if there's any particularly cool accounts. I don't know if cool is a cool word anymore. Maybe it's not. <laughs> if it works. <laughs> that you'd really, really, really recommend following around this kind of area that we're discussing for information, for education, and for a bit of a laugh. Yeah. So you can go to SH24. The website is www.sh24.org.uk. Where Fettel is fettel.health. Uh, and on the Fettel website, there's something called the Help Center, which has kind of article on commonly asked questions. And we routinely update that as well based on the questions people ask. So that's a good place if you have some specific questions that you're not sure on the SH24 website, there's also a lot of information pages on all of the most common STIs. So you can read about symptoms, you can read about how common they are, when you should get checked, how often you should check for them. All of that information is there, as well as information about all the different contraceptions. And we also have uh, something called the contraceptive comparison tool. So if you have two different methods, you're not sure what the difference is, there's a tool there that can help you compare them. So if you're making a decision about what to choose, that's really helpful. So that's on the SH24 website and on the FETO website. And on Instagram, you can follow us at SH24 underscore NHS. 
same on Twitter. Um, that's where we have a lot of interactions with users. We do a lot of stories, swipe posts, fun stuff like that. Um, sort of more general education around sex and sexual health, talking about all things <laughs> taboo. <laughs> um, other good um, places to follow. I love this Instagram called Sex Positive Families. Okay. It's a, it's an American Instagram and it's, it's the sex educator in the US. She talks about how do you talk to your children about sex positivity? Oh, and I think that's so interesting because I learn new things there every, every day. And she's really good at kind of, I'm not a parent myself, but even just kind of understanding, okay, what's appropriate at what age? How do you talk about these things at what age? And for most of us, I mean, myself anyways, I didn't really have a sex positive um, kind of environment growing up. So I can't sort of go back to how I learned things. I want to do it differently. So that is a great resource for that, I think. I also really like um, one called Decolonized Contraception. They talk a lot about uh, racism and colonialism and that how that's been part of sexual health and, yeah. uh, and contraception. So that's actually really interesting in a historical perspective you learn a lot there about um bias within sexual health and where that comes from wow okay i'm i'm gonna be following both of those straight away yeah. <laughs> it's been amazing working with you you know i really really love um sh24 and, and what you guys do and, and i love the fact that as we said at the very beginning you give information and education in a way that is accessible it truly is accessible to different people who have different requirements and perhaps want to learn about things in a way that is not so scary yeah and I think that's really important so thank you so thank you so much thanks for listening for more information or to have a chat with us please visit enhancetheuk.org From there, you can also sign up to our Undressing Disability Hub, a platform for professionals to connect and collaborate in the arena of sex and disability.